Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. This chapter here in Matthew is um, it's part of the Olivet Discourse, which is called the message or teaching that Jesus taught on the Mount of Olives. This is in Matthew, this is the last of Christ's discourse, teaching uh, publicly like this, and it's interesting, it's an interesting study in and of itself to think of just the Mount of Olives in the, in the uh, Scripture, and the place that this teaching and this play, the, what the Lord tells his people here, the disciples, um, overlooking Jerusalem, and I don't believe that anything Christ does uh, was by coincidence, um, during this discourse, during this teaching, during what he's saying here, he warns of the great tribulation that's to come. He warns of the trouble and uh, problems that the disciples will face in their lives. And he warns of uh, testing trouble, tribulation, before the ultimate triumph of His kingdom on earth. In Matthew chapter 24, He's talking about the second coming of Christ. He says in Matthew 24, 42, Watch therefore, for you know not in what hour the Lord doth come. He says in chapter 25 of of Matthew, verse 31, he says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. So, he's talking about trouble and tribulation. He's also talking about His second coming. It's, it, listen, this is interesting because it's from the Mount of Olives that Jesus ascends into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, it's from the Mount of Olives that he leaves. And it's in Zechariah chapter 14, it's prophesied that this is where the Christ, Jesus Christ will come back to the Mount of Olives. And in, in the battle there that's described, when he comes back, is, is, it goes into greater detail in Revelation chapter 16 and Revelation chapter 19 uh, on the battle of Armageddon. And so, it's, it's from this mountain where he says he's going to leave. And then there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be problems here. But if he's going to come back. And he warns of that in this teaching. But probably the most, uh, one of the most um, familiar parables that Jesus taught specifically here in the Mount of Olives was the parable of the talents. The master leaving and leaving talents to his servants. And, and that's what we're going to kind of look at this morning. But I find it interesting that the kind of the moral of the story of the talents is that the master's leaving from the Mount of Olives and the master's coming back to the Mount of Olives. But in the meantime, he's giving his servants talents, he's giving his servants the goods, 
and they're going to have trouble, they're going to have problems, but he expects them to what? Multiply them. He expects them to take what he's left them, take what he's given them, and use it. Matter of fact, as we'll study this morning, he has some pretty strong words to the servant that doesn't use it during this time. He says that servant is an unprofitable servant. He says that he's slothful and wicked. So you're opened up to Matthew chapter 25. Look with me now in verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14. And the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. He went away, right? Christ went away, sent, but he, he gave us, he has given us the goods. Us, the servants. He's giving us something. He's given us His goods. You say, what goods do we have? What, has, what good thing has the Lord given us? Well, He's given us His Word. He's given us His Spirit. Isn't that what Jesus taught? He said, I must go to my Father, but I will send the what? Comforter who will teach you and will lead you into all truth. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us great salvation. Amen. He's given us the church. He's given us each other. He's given us the light. Uh, he's given us so much. And this goods, these things that He's given us, He calls them talents here. Look at verse 15. He says, And unto one He gave five talents, and unto the other two, and unto another one, and every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So we see here that he gives these talents. Now this is the talents that's a measure of money. But again, I don't feel that it's any coincidence that he uses talents here and and uh, and that's our word for the, the abilities, the gifts that maybe God has given us. And so God has given us distinct, he says several, a distinct, particular, uh, not equal, Not equal. Some he gave five, some he gave two, some he gave one, but he gave each servant something, right? He gave each servant a talent. Everybody gets some, and he expects us to use it. Now we're going to look at a couple passages. Hold your finger in Matthew 24, but turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, he says, Romans 12, 3, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt every man a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We all don't have the same gifts. We all don't have the same abilities. We all don't have the same amount of talents or the same talents. But we do have something. He says, so being many, verse 5, are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace 
that is given to us, whether prophecy, let them prophesy according to the portion of faith, or ministry, let them wait on their ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. But this, this passage in Romans chapter 12 is interesting because he says at the beginning, Romans 1 uh, and 2, he talks about presenting our body to the Lord, presenting ourselves for God's use, for God's service, for whatever God has, uh, allowing God to sanctify us in our life. And then he says that God's grace in our life will begin to work out through uh, the gifts that he's given us. And he says, whatever gift it is that he gave you, here's the key word. Use it. Use it. Put it to use. Put it to practice. Now take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter twelve and verse one. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So he's talking about spiritual gifts here, things about how God blesses. Let's look at verse four. Now there are diversities of gifts. We've already learned that, different, right? But the same spirit. There are differences of administrations. <laughs> But the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. You know, he says God gives us these gifts, He gives us these gifts, and then the manifestation of His Spirit, in other words, the way, that we see, the way that we see God's Spirit working in each other is God's talents, God's abilities that He has given to us being used, being put to work, being, and, and He says, and it profits with all. In other words, God gives each person, each part of the body as it's fitly joined together, gives them these talents, gives them these abilities. Why? To be able to profit the, the whole body. To be able to help each other, to be able to bring a blessing to each other. This is called multiplying your talent that God's given you. This is this is that taking five talents and turning it to ten and two to four. He says, use it. The key word is we'll take what God has given you. Look, listen, maybe the key, maybe the key point is just recognizing that you've been gifted. That that you've been given something. That that, that we have. Uh, we have the goods, in other words. He says, look with me now back to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. He says in verse 16, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. They traded, right? They took what the the master, they took what the Lord had given them, and they put it to use, they put it to practice, they used it 
for, they weren't doing it for their own gain, were they? They did it for the master. They did it for their master. They took, they traded, they gained. They took what they had. They knew that that is why the master had given it to them. It's for them to take it and put it to work, to put it to use. This, they, were, they were industrious. They, they were diligent in their, you know what industrious means? It means to be, to be diligent, to be uh, diligent in your business or in your study or in your work. They were consistently and habitually occupied with the business or the work that they were called to do with their talents and their abilities that God gave them. Didn't Jesus say this to Joseph and his mother, Mary? He said, I must be what? About my father's business. We, as Christians, this is, this is what, what the, the, the purpose of this uh, message this morning is to spur us into uh, being intentional over the next 365 days. I'm saying... Uh, I'm going to be uh, intentional to be about my father's business with what he's given me to use. That's it. I'm going to find out what God's given me to use. I'm going to look. I'm going to take inventory of my talent, my gift. I'm going to look around. What has God given me? And then I'm going to, by the grace and the power of God and the Spirit working in me, I'm going to multiply for his will. That's what the Bible says in John chapter 15. He says that you bear much fruit, and by this the Father is what? Glorified. The Father is glorified when His people are fruitful. We're going to bring glory to God. That's the purpose of the church. We want to bring glory to God. That's the purpose of our lives. That's the purpose of our lives. Is to bring glory. He said this is why we were created. To bring glory to God. And how are we going to bring glory to God? We're going to take what He's given us and multiply. Put it to work. He's given us some things. We're obligated to take it and use it. No excuses. You know, so many times we'll say or think, hey, I'm waiting for an opportunity, right? I'm waiting for an open door. But we must, right here and right now, see the opportunity. See the open door. He's given us what we need already. He's given us the things that we already have. Just to begin to step out by faith and use what He has given us right now. You say, but I don't feel, I feel like I'm, I feel like right now I'm getting opposition. I don't feel the, I don't feel the opportunity, I feel the opposition. But listen. Opposition can be what fuels your opportunity. That can be what fuels your using your talent, your ability that God has given you. Think of think of America and how quickly we 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 grew as a country during the Industrial Revolution. And think of the people that that built railroads and cars and brought us electricity, right? And put a man on the moon. Do you think that they 
came into some opposition along the way. You think there was a lot of this can't be done, that this is going to be hard. Yeah, but they kept doing it. And listen to me. They did it for their own earthly good. We are doing something eternal for the Lord and an eternal work which is hard to, hard to keep in perspective but is far greater in what we're called to do. Look at what he says in verse 18. Matthew 25, 18. He says, Matthew 25, 18, And he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So he had two that traded and gained and one that hid in the earth the talent that the master had given You say, why did he hide it? Well, we see in verse 25, look down at verse 25. He says, and I was afraid and went and hid my talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. He says in in, um, verse 26, the Lord calls him a wicked and slothful servant. Verse 30, he calls him an unprofitable servant. Why? Why did, why did the Master call him this? Because what he had given him, he had expected him to use. These talents to increase, to put them to work. You know, he said, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid of what? Losing it. Here's the key here. Don't be afraid of losing it. Be afraid of not using it. Be afraid of not putting it to practice. Listen, the Lord gives it to us. We put it to work. It'll be the Lord that multiplies our talent. It'll be the Lord that multiplies our our, our abilities and our efforts. Make sure we're using it. There are treasures. There are heavenly resources available to us within our reach if we just begin to step out by faith and put some of these things in practice. If we start stepping out by faith and putting our uh, gifts and our talents and abilities that the Lord has given us to practice. This is like Esau, right? Esau Esau despised his birthright. He, He didn't value it. He didn't value what the was going to be given to him this gift, this uh, birthright that was given him. And the same here, this servant didn't value the talent. I mean, he buried it in the earth. He put it in the dirt. Right? How many Christians today are taking their talents, their gifts, their abilities that God has given them and putting it in the earth? Putting it into worldly things. Putting it into worldly gain and worldly treasures and trying to build up worldly things on earth and and saying, I'm taking those things that God has given me because I was afraid for my retirement. I was afraid for my health. I was afraid for my children's educations and, and constantly taking everything that God has given us and putting it into worldly, earthly things. Putting it into the earth. Now God's given us these Riches, the blessings that He has given us. He's given these, us these things to enjoy. But what are we doing to take what He's given us to multiply it into heavenly, eternal 
prophet. This is what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. He says, listen, see the gift that God has given you, this eternal thing, and don't neglect it. Don't neglect the talent that God has given you. He says, meditate, the next verse in 1 Timothy 4.15. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. He says, don't neglect the things that you've been given. Don't neglect the, the blessings that have been come, come to you, the talent that has come to you. Here we are in, in America in 2017. And all the freedom that we have and the wealth that we have and the, the technology that we have and, the, and, and all the things that we have, right, available to us out uh, is it possible the, that we can take what we have and multiply them for an eternal purpose, an eternal thing? Look at verse 19 with me. He says, so the unprofitable servant, he digs it, he puts it into the earth. And then verse 19, he says, and after a long time, the Lord of these servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Hey, he's coming back. The Lord's coming back. Just as he said he came the first time, and he did, it was prophesied, and he said he was coming, he said he's coming back. And he is. we got to believe that. We have to, as Christians, believe that. He says, uh, and, the, and the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that hath received five talents came and brought forth... Uh, uh, brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Verse 21, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not Shrawled, I was afraid, and went and hid the talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not sowed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, that when at my coming I should have received my own with usury. He first says, listen, the Lord's coming back. There is a day of reckoning. The Bible does say in Romans uh, chapter 14 and verse 10, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to give an account one day for what was done here on earth. See, there's another dimension to this. There's another dimension to how we serve God here on earth and how we... uh, 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 multiply the talents that He's given us will determine how we rule and reign with Him in eternity. 
as we lay up treasures in heaven, as we build upon that foundation which is Jesus Christ, gold, silver, and precious stones. As, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as His servant, don't we want to hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what we want. You know, this life down here, it is so hard to remember this. It's so hard to keep, uh, keep our, our perspective. But this is not all there is. There is an eternity. And when we, when we begin to measure this life with eternity, it's not even in comparison. So how do we keep that heavenly, eternal perspective uh, and be that profitable servant that takes the five that He's given us and turns it to ten, takes the two that He's given us and turns it to four, takes just the one that He's given us, and all He expects from us is just to take that one and turn it into two. He said you could have at least... At the least, instead of burying it in the earth, he said, you could have at least given that talent to somebody else and made some interest on it. That's what he said. You you should have at least took it and put it to the usury. He said, you could have at least got some interest on it. He's saying, listen, I gave this to you and you buried it in the earth. Take inventory of our lives and say, I don't want to bury what God has given me. I don't want to put it in the earth. I want it to... Be multiplied and grow eternal. There's a lot of talented people here. There's, we're gifted. Why? Because we're God's people. He's blessed us. He's given us. What could God do with us, the small group, with His Spirit in us at work to help us? What could God do in us and through us in 2017 if we would allow it? Take a look at what God has given you. Corporately, He has given us, as I've already said, His Word. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us salvation. He's given us each other. He's given us uh, uh, wealth, uh, some health. And and more uh, particularly, He's given each individual talents and abilities. So now, to the practical side of the message. What are we going to do with it? We have some homework now for, for tonight. Today, some point, when you go home tomorrow, you get time off work, hopefully. Take time and say, listen, I want to spend time with my, my family or on my own and make some, some spiritual goals. Or sit there and say, listen, I want to take time uh, in prayer and say, Lord, I want... I want I want to live intentionally in 2017 with an eternal perspective. Lord, make us fruitful. So, so schedule it right now in your mind. What time would be good later today, tomorrow? Uh, you know, what time? When can we sit down as a family and talk about spiritual things? I mean, even taking a piece of paper and, and writing these things down. The you know, what about our prayer life? I'm just talking about um, just practical things at this point now. What about our prayer life? I think all of us, I know myself, we can all grow in our, in our fellowship with the Lord. That is the key to being fruitful, is it not? Abiding in Christ. 
having those lines of, of communication open, our, our prayer time, uh, how are we going to spend time in prayer, how are we going to be intentional in prayer, how are we going to uh, seek after God in prayer. Sit down and start, kind of take, these, take this inventory and, and of, our, of our prayer life, of our Bible reading. Listen, if we're going to grow as Christians, we have to be feeding. I have a stack here of Bible reading schedules. You say, is this what we have to do? No, we don't have to do, you don't have to do anything. But, then you can read through the Bible from, from Genesis to Revelation on your own, know how many pages that you need to read per day. You can find about 100 different Bible reading schedules online and print them off. You can, you can do it any way you want. Or you can just take this one and read. This is the one I'll be doing. And uh, come, along, come along with me. But the point is, for each Christian, please, eat spiritual food every day. It's that simple. We have to be in the Word of God, eating spiritual food every day. And say, listen, if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to, if I'm going to grow in grace, if I'm going to grow in knowledge, if I'm going to grow in boldness in my witness, if I'm going to grow as a Christian, I have to be intentional to be in God's Word, allowing Him to communicate to me through His Word. And then me communicating back to Him and fellowshipping with Him through prayer, where those lines of communication will get open. And that is where we get our growth. Taking time to say, listen, I want to be specific to study my Bible in 2017. You know, maybe it's just I need to learn how to study my Bible. Uh, maybe I, I'll get some books. Maybe I'll get this. Maybe I'll attend this Bible study. Maybe I'll be a part of this or that. I want to grow in the Word of God through studying the Word of God. It says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, setting giving goals, goals of how, listen, we want to be a giving church, and we are a giving church. We want to be giving individuals. Why? Because I truly believe that the windows of, of heaven get opened up on us as we release the control of our finances, our heart toward God. So set spiritual giving goals for yourself. Set mission goals. I'm, I'm just giving you, some, you, you do what you want. I'm just giving you some, some maybe some spur some thought when you're together with your family later today or tomorrow, writing these things down. What's our mission? What's our mission? This is like a strategic business planning meeting with your family, but it's for the father's business. And so maybe it would be best to start by saying, Lord, lead us and guide us as we begin to try to set some goals to draw close to you this year. What's your mission? What's my personal mission? What's my family's mission? What do you say, what do you mean by mission? Well, who am I going to go out and try to evangelize, lead to Christ? I mean, maybe there's some specific people where I say, listen, th- these people are going to be on my prayer list. These people are going to be people that I'm trying to tell the good news of Jesus Christ, my friends, my family, my co-workers. You say, well, how, do I, how, do I, how do I know what my mission is? How do I know what my, 
ministry is. Maybe first ask God, what are my talents? God, what have you gifted me? How have you you wired me, if you will? What, What direction should I go? How can I help? How can I be a blessing? How can I minister? Say, what, what do you mean by minister? Well, how work? What, what role can I have to build up other Christians? Edify the body of Christ. Lord, what can I do to... to you know, so many times our growth is going to come through our service. As we serve the Lord, as we walk alongside of Him and, and begin to see Him help. Yeah, there'll be trouble. That's the whole point of the message is he said, hey, there's going to be trouble, but I still expect you in the hardship, in the trouble, to multiply the talent and the abilities that I've given you. So as we start to say, listen, this is, this could be, this could be a a life-changing experience for you, for all of us. If we truly sit down and begin to, to, to get uh, serious and intentional about our growth, our spiritual growth, that we want to grow, grow close to the Lord, that we want to grow in grace, we want to grow in knowledge of Jesus Christ, we want to grow in love, grow in charity. You say, I'm green. You know, we're all green. If we're not green, then we're not growing. If we're not green, then there's a problem. My point is, if we're not if we're not growing in 2017, then we're dead. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a dead relationship with Christ. I don't want a dead church. I don't want dead. You understand what I'm saying? I want wanted to, we wanted to see growth, green things happening, fruit, people accepting Christ, people drawing closer to the Lord. God answering prayers. God becoming real to people. We gotta be green. We gotta stay green. We gotta stay green. Why? Because we're growing. We're growing. To be consistent and habitual in being occupied in our Father's business. Prayerful strategy. Prayerful strategy. I think that if we ask the Lord, Lord, lead us, guide us. What talents do I have? Maybe it's parents trying to, with younger children, say, uh, Lord, how have you blessed my children? How have you, what talents, what abilities have you given them? And how can I help them recognize how they can serve you with it? The point just is, the point simply is, God has given each of us something and truly, he, he expects us to use it, to multiply it for an eternal purpose. Faith-filled stewards. Listen, you say, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Have faith. Don't bury it in the earth. Put it to use. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, we're expecting you to do great things in our lives, great things in our church uh, this year. Lord, we believe that you can do anything. God, we believe that uh, if we would allow you to work in our lives, God, that you would multiply the talents and the abilities and the gifts that you've given us. God, we love you. 
Lord, I pray that we would take time today, this first day of 2017, and write down uh, some spiritual direction in our life from you. Lord, I believe that if, if we ask, you will direct. If we seek, we'll find. So Lord, I pray that you would make us, each as individuals, profitable servants. Lord, help us multiply what you've given us. For your honor and glory, God, make us, please, fruitful in 2017. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.